Chapter Twenty Two of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Twenty Two. A Rough Reception. For fashion's sake, I was about to utter the usual formula, Mister Holt, I presume, but the opportunity was not allowed me no sooner had the squatter appeared in his doorway than he followed up his blasphemous interrogatory with a series of others couched in language equally rude what's all this muss about durn your stinkin imperence who air you and what air your order i wish to see mr holt i replied struggling hard to keep my temper you wish to see mr holt there's no mr holt about her no no damnation no ding hear me to understand you to say that hickman holt does not live here you understand me to say no such a thing yes hick holt you mean he does live here hick holt yes that is the name what if it is i wish to see him looky her stranger and the words were accompanied by a significant look if an earnest sheriff hick holt ain't at home you understand me he ain't at home the last phrase was rendered more emphatic by the speaker as he uttered it raising the flap of his blanket coat and exhibiting a huge bowie knife stuck through the waistband of his trousers i understood the hint perfectly i am not the sheriff i answered in an assuring tone i was in hopes of gaining favour by the declaration for i had already fancied that my bizarre reception might be owing to some error of this kind i am not the sheriff i repeated impressively you're not the sheriff one of his constables then i suppose neither one nor other i replied pocketing the affront and who air ye anyhow with your damn glitter and buttons and your waist drawed in like a skewered skunk this was intolerable but remembering the advice of my nashville friend with some additional counsel i had received overnight i strove hard to keep down my rising collar my name said i Dern your name exclaimed the giant interrupting me i don't care a doggone for your name tell me your business that's what i want to know i have already told you my business i wish to see mr holt hick holt if you like does i hick holt what if that's all your business you've seen him and now you can go this was rather a literal interpretation of my demand but without permitting myself to be nonplussed by it or paying any heed to the abrupt words of dismissal i replied half interrogatively you then are he you are hick holt i suppose who said i ain't durn your imperence now then what do you want with me the filthy language the insulting tone in which it was uttered the bullying manner of the man evidently relying upon his giant strength and formidable aspect were rapidly producing their effect upon me but in a manner quite contrary to that anticipated by master holt it was no doubt his design to awe me but he little knew the man he had to deal with whether it might be called courage or not i was just as reckless of life as he i had exposed my person too often both in single combat and on the battlefield to be cowed by a bully such as i fancied this fellow to be and the spirit of resistance was fast rising within me his dictatorial style was unendurable and discarding all further prudential considerations i resolved to submit to it no longer i did not give way to idle recrimination perhaps thought i a firm tone may suit my purpose better and in my reply i adopted it before i could answer his question however he had repeated it in a still more peevish and impatient manner 
with an additional epithet of insult well mr jaybird said he be quick about it what do you want me in the first place mr hickman holt i want civil treatment from you and secondly i was not permitted to finish my speech i was interrupted by an exclamation a horrid oath that came fiercely hissing from the lips of the squatter damnation cried he you'll be damned civil treatment deed you're a putty fellow to talk of civil treatment arter jumping your horse over a man's fence and riding slap jam into his door out being asked let me tell you mr gilt buttons i don't allow any man white black or injun to enter my clearing without first knowing his reason you hear that dear you're clearing are you sure it's yours the squatter turned red upon the instant rage may have been the passion that brought the colour to his cheeks but i could perceive that my words had produced another emotion in his mind which added to the hideousness of the cast at that moment given to his features not my clarin he thundered with the embellishment of another imprecation not my clarin show me the man who says it's not show it to me buddy almighty eternal you won't say it twice have you purchased it near a mind for that mister i've made it that's my style of purchasing by god i'll stand good i reckon consarn your skin what have you got to do with it anyhow this i replied still struggling to keep calm at the same time taking the title deeds for my saddle-bags this only mr holt that your house stands upon section number nine that i have bought that section from the united states government and must therefore demand of you either to use your preemption right or deliver the land over to me here is the government grant you may examine it if you feel so inclined an angry oath was the response or rather a volley of oaths i tort that was your business continued the square i tort so but just this time you came upon a fool's errand darn the government grant darn your preemption right and darn your title papers too i don't value them more'n them lur corn shucks i don't i got my preemption document inside here i'll just show you that mister and see how you like it the speaker turned back into his cabin and for a moment i lost sight of him preemption document he said was it possible he had purchased the place and was gone to fetch his title deeds if so my reflection was cut short in another moment he reappeared in the doorway not with any papers in his hand but instead a long rifle that with its butt resting on the door-stoop stood almost as high as himself now mister turn me out said he speaking in a satirical triumphant tone and raising the piece in front of him where's my title my preemption rights the right of the rifle well it's clear enough you'll acknowledge that won't you no i replied in a firm voice you won't the hell you won't look here stranger i'm in earnest look in my eye and see if i ain't i give you warning then that if you're not out of this clarin in six jumps on squall you'll never go out of it a livin man you see that air stump it shatters just a creepin up to the house the minute that shatter touches the wall i'll shoot you down as sure as my name's hick holt mind i gin you warning and i'll give you warning mr holt that i am prepared to defend myself and if you miss miss ejaculated he with a contemptuous toss of the head miss ya fool there's no fear of that if you miss continued i without heeding the interruption i shall show you no mercy if you are going to take the cowardly advantage of having the first shot i have my advantage too in self-defence i shall be justified in killing you and if you fire at me i shall certainly do so be warned i never spare a coward coward 
exclaimed the colossus with an imprecation that was horrible to hear now if i don't miss continued he apparently calming his rage and speaking with a significant sneer intended to awe me by insinuating the certainty of his aim how if i don't miss mr popgun you may for all that don't be too sure of hitting i've been shot at before now you never been shot at her now shepherd you leave this clarin one crack for my gun'll be enough for you i reckon i'll take my chance if it should go against me you won't gain by it remember my good man it's not a duel we're fighting you have chosen to attack me and if i should fall in the affair i've faith enough in the law to believe it will avenge me i fancied that my speech produced some effect upon the fellow and seeing that he remained silent i followed it up by words of similar import if it be my fate to fall i leave behind my friends who will inquire into my death trust me they will do so if i kill you it will be but justified homicide and will be so adjudged while your killing me will be regarded in a different light it will be pronounced murder i gave full emphasis to the last word on hearing it my antagonist showed signs of emotion i fancied i saw him tremble and turn slightly pale with an unsteady voice he replied murder no no i've given you warning to go you've time enough yet to save yourself get out of the clearing and there'll be no harm done ye i shall not go out of the clearing until you've acknowledged my claim and you'll never get out alive i swear by god never you are determined then to be my murderer again i pronounced the word in the most emphatic tone i saw that it affected him in some singular way whether through a fear of consequences or that there still lingered in his heart some spark of humanity or perhaps but least possible of all he was beginning to be ashamed of his foul play by which of these three motives or by what other inspired i could not guess but he seemed to cower under the imputation murderer echoed he after a moment of apparent reflection no no it's bad enough to have to blame it out without being guilty of it i ain't a gwine to murder you but i ain't a gwine neither to let you go i might a did so a minute agone but you've lost your chance you've called me a coward and by the eternal no man'll say that word a hick holt and live to boast it no mister you've got to die and you may get yourself ready for it so soon you like coward indeed i repeat it your act is cowardly what act your unprovoked attack upon me especially since it gives you the first shot what if i were to shoot you down now with the pistol you see in my holster here i could send six bullets through your body before you could bring your rifle to your shoulder what would you call that sheer cowardice would it not be and murder too End of chapter twenty two